Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Hello and once again, welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. My name is Kenan. And today we'll start off with the Amazing Truth Minute. And today we'll be talking about transforming your thinking. You know, we'll base this talk on this minute on Romans 12, verse 2. The Bible says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you have ever watched a caterpillar transform into a butterfly, you've seen an ordinary creature transform into a thing of beauty. When Paul wrote the book of Romans, he warned his audience to avoid conforming to this world. Paul was referring to the characteristics of the world that are in contrast to the ways of God. If we aren't careful, the world has a potential to impact our thinking in a way that is negative. Paul instructed his readers to instead be transformed by the renewing of the mind. Now in this context, to be transformed means to change our thinking. The Word of God transforms our minds as we embrace the truth and refuse to conform with the thoughts and patterns that are contrary to the scriptures. And as our thought patterns align with God's ways, we will be able to discern His will. So like a caterpillar that transforms into a butterfly, our thoughts and life can become a beautiful spectacle of God's righteous character. And that is the Truth Minute. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your words. And dear Lord, we pray that you transform our hearts, transform our minds to, be, to align with your truth and your ways. In Jesus' name we pray. Another serious, real, authentic conversation. My name is Ezra Kenyanya. My co-host is Kenan. Uh, today we are privileged and blessed to have a friend of ours who has a story. Uh, I always say that your test is always your testimony. Your mess is always your message. And uh, I'm excited about our guest today. So I'll let him introduce himself and uh, tell us what he's looking forward to in this conversation. All right, my name is Brother George Gaddafi. Uh, I am married to a beautiful woman, Emily Gaddafi, and uh, we are blessed with two children, Angel and Alisa. Uh, today I'm just here to be able to share with you a real life uh, experience that uh, so many people are always not ready to come to terms to. So I, I hope you'll be blessed with all that we'll be able to share here today. And maybe it will be able to change your perspective in terms of what life's hold ahead for you. Thank you, Ezra. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Now, we'll just dive deep into our conversation today. And uh, just tell us a little bit about a few years ago, something happened to you, how, what it was, what was, how, how was the news broken? How did, did, did you take it? And uh, how has that been so far for you? Right, so I know in the year 2019, uh, actually, in, uh, in January, I think it was on the, the 2nd of January, uh, we got a very sad news uh, that was after four days or five days being hospitalized. Uh, I remember I was in a room with my wife and uh, one of uh, the pastors and uh, after all those five days uh, they were trying to find out what was going on with me but unfortunately they told me I had cancer uh, the journey has not been easy 
clearly it's not something that uh, anybody will be able to want to have but i just praise god because everything has turned out to be possible in his name and yeah i'm still alive and we can be able to talk together wow that that must that must have been a very hard um very hard news to receive i'm presuming you were in the room with your wife and you know the doctors come in and they they tell you have cancer what type of cancer did you have do you have and uh, how did your wife react to it how did you take it yourself what was your reaction in that moment when that news was broken to you yeah uh how's diagnosed with uh, actually the prognosis was uh, lymphoma cancer and we had to do a bunch of tests to figure out what at what stage it was and it was a stage 4 unfortunately actually that's <laughs> the last stage of <laughs> all this but i don't know if you want me to uh take you back to how these all started mm-hmm. please, please go yeah. ahead it's your yeah. story right so um uh, in 2018 uh, in the month of uh, july I, I we were sleeping at, at night um I, i felt like i had some serious abdominal pain so i i couldn't bear it and i tried taking a pain medication they could not help so i woke my wife up and uh, we went to the hospital and um uh, we went to the er uh they thought it was a kidney stone but uh and they took a ct scan and all those and the ct scan showed that uh, uh probably had passed this the stone through maybe going to the bathroom and what i was feeling is just the aftermath of all those experience so and they they gave me a stronger medi- uh, pain medication and then we left for home and that was it so i just want you to hold that as i tell mm-hmm. you this so that you'll know what was going on mm-hmm. so I, i i i went back to my normal life and everything was good and uh i was i was healthy actually properly healthy uh, in the month of october that is 2018 i started feeling chills um uh, during day time and uh, i thought it was a normal flu that uh, because it was the season probably approaching mm-hmm. uh and because uh, that 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 time when the chill started i had already taken um uh, the flu shot so i thought probably i was reacting to the flu shot but that never uh disappeared uh, it came in uh, a couple of days uh, in a week and then um it uh disappeared i think three weeks into the uh, month of october probably it just started again so i'll go to work in, and 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 yeah sit down there just work uh and then when i come back home i feel the chills so i'll put the heater on and cover myself with a blanket and then i'll get hot and remove everything then um yeah it all just went through that well probably for weeks and uh, unfortunately you know people like as men we are very very tough headed in terms of going to the hospital so my mm-hmm. <laughs> my wife was telling me why don't you just go go to the the clinic and get seen what uh, probably there's something on and i thought it was just a flu that was So one day I came from work and uh, I was so tired and I covered myself I, I put the temperature in the house at 80 and I was covering myself with a blanket and then um, I got a, an electric uh, heater too and put it on the floor there to to help warm me because the chills were too hard and then uh, I was so tired I could not eat and then uh, I went to uh, to, to my bedroom to get some sleep 
and uh, my little daughter Alisa, she followed me upstairs and she spoke something that uh, I think made me make some decisions. She told me, Dad, I don't want to see another father if you're dead. Wow. Wow. And uh, that was a turning point for me. I remember taking my phone that night and I called the hostel and I spoke to the nurse who was in charge at night and uh, I told them what was happening and she told me we can get you in and see the doctor tomorrow so I went and saw the doctor and the following day he wasn't uh, so serious and uh, worried um, he told me we'll take some blood work here and see what is going on with you and then probably in a couple of days we'll get you some results and call you so I left after they took all my blood samples and uh, after three days uh, they called me but even with those three days I was still having all those episodes so they told me uh, we don't see anything that is worrying the only thing that we can tell here is that you have uh, low vitamin D. Therefore, I'm going to prescribe for you uh, vitamin D supplements to be able to help you. And uh, with all those episodes that I was having, it, it was associated with the lack of, I mean, low vitamin D. So that got me relieved. I was, okay, because <laughs> sincerely speaking, I also don't drink milk and I know you in Minnesota. We, during those seasons, the people face a lot of that. So, mm. and my wife was like, "Okay, I have been telling you to drink milk to be able to help you. Mm. So you gotta have to start drinking milk." So I got, I got the supplements. I took them, uh, but those episodes were still there. So that is in the month of November there. And uh, all the chills will come. I'll try and help myself with the blankets. I'll put on uh, probably two pants and I'll put on uh, like two shirts and a jacket and cover myself with a blanket and put on my heater and the temperature in the house is at 80. Like the house was burning. I mean, it's too hot for the kids. So uh, I'll go to bed at night, probably at 3 a.m. Um, I will have night sweats. Oh, the bed was just soaking wet. Wake up and go take a shower, change the sheets. Then uh, those happened that way. And then I, I went back to the doctor because it was a follow-up. And I told him all these. He said, uh, let's do some more tests. Let's take some blood work. So they took some blood work. They told me we'll get back to you in three days. They got back to me and they told me there's nothing in your in the blood that we are seeing that uh, is worrying. We don't know what's going on with you. Um, but let's give it more time. Probably maybe the, the vitamin D supplements we gave you will kick in. And uh, it continued and... Uh, I could not bear it anymore. I was like, what is going on? Because I will go to work during daytime. Nothing is happening to me. I'm in the office. There's nothing going on. And when I come back home, I have this episode of like, what's happening with me in the house? So one night, I remember my wife was... Uh, done cooking and uh, she brought all the food we were trying to share the food in on the table on the dining table all of a sudden I felt something uh, my neck was kind of swollen and I told her I was thinking probably I was having a blood clot or something like that because it was the main vein on the neck here so uh, she, she grabbed her, her, her phone and called one of my sister-in-law who's a nurse 
to try and explain to her what was going on because it was a little bit swollen and uh ah uh, she said that if it was a blood clot and the way you are describing it probably uh, I'll not be alive by then mm-hmm. and uh so I called the nurse in the hospital again at that same night I told them what was happening and uh luckily I should got me to see the doctor the following day so when I went to see the doctor and I described to him what was happening I could see in his eyes that uh, he was frightened he was scared but he was trying to hide and they said uh, Actually that is now in the month of December. Mm. He said uh, we will be able to get you refer you to a specialist so that they can be able to go and get a biopsy and see what is going on. So when I I went to the hospital I think that day so he tried to touch my neck and try to look for all this and he told me this looks like lymph nodes uh, probably you're fighting an infection. So he looked at my neck and touched them and tried to figure out and he told me, "Oh, you have some the other side." Uh so he told me, "Okay, we'll be able to call you back and tell you how uh, if we get uh, a referral the uh, the specialist to be able to do a biopsy." Um I remember that was uh probably on the 18th of December. So they they called they told me the only opening they have for a biopsy was was going to be on the 27th of December and i said it's okay so i told him how am i going to survive with all these episodes and i'm getting weak and all this at night because i had shivers and uh, rigors at night i was like behaving like somebody who is uh, probably ep- epileptic and I was carrying my children in the house too so they he told me uh I can we can put you on some steroids so he gave me some steroids and that really helped for some time on uh, the 26th of December I woke up so tired I couldn't bear myself. I told my wife if she could be able to help me get some porridge. And uh, she made me some porridge and uh, I I couldn't drink it. She told me, uh, "Let's go and uh, get you showered." So she tried. I got a shower. that made me too cold and I just went back to bed again she was supposed to work that day from 2 and uh, I slept for almost another 2 hours and I woke up and I called and I told her I think I'll be dead today don't think I'll be able to even see 3 p.m. today. And she told me no. I think you you don't have food in you. Let me just prepare something. So she tried and uh, ate some food. I got some strength. I went downstairs and lay down on the couch where I used to lie. and I she left for work I told her it's, it's okay you go I think I have main I probably I did not have energy and uh, I think that got her worried a little bit so in the evening by 3 she told me uh, you should be able to eat something by 3 so she called and I told her I had ate but I did not eat actually because I just wanted to make her comfortable at work and I think she said something was wrong So she tried to call my daughter she she could not pick her 
calls and then uh, she called uh, her brother who they live next to us and uh, she told them you guys go home and see how he's doing so when they came they didn't believe what they saw because all those shivers and rigors were still there and the house was too hard and uh had like two shirts and there was a jacket on me and my pants and socks and two blankets and the heater the, the electrical heater was next to me they're like no no this is unacceptable we have to go to the hostel and i told them please let's go uh, so the ki- the kids stayed behind with their cousins there and uh, they took me to an ER So when we got there uh the people in the ear they were like no we got to put you in immediately we cannot wait So I went to the ER my temperature was reading 102 and I was so restless and too weak so they put some trip on me to be able to help me so they were pumping a lot of fluids in me The only way they could get me down is to reduce the temperature with all those fluids up to 100 and 100 or 101 that because I was in the ER for close to 6 hours we, we went and did some scans and um, yeah, they're trying to pump in uh, fluids to be able to help me you know they got some doctors several doctors came down and figuring what is this is this an infection something they should be able to worry about finally they decided to put me into a, a 101 um, observation room uh, isolated because they could not tell what was happening so as they were transferring me to the room one of the doctors uh, said um so you are supposed to get your biopsy tomorrow which is the 27th that one will put it on hold because we don't know what's going on with you we we cannot just say that it's something that we got to have to be sure what's going on and the best thing is to isolate you because it might be an infection that we don't know and uh, you know when you have those lymph nodes probably you're fighting an infection or you have cancer So, so the doctor said oh you have cancer. No, okay. he didn't tell me that. Okay, he didn't tell you that. No. Okay. no. The only thing he mentioned was uh, infection. They didn't want to talk about the big thing. So we went to uh my room. Uh they put me on steroids to kind of calm me down and give me some more energy. Following day, uh the, the doct- doctors came uh, they brought in an infectious disease doctor. who specialized with all the infection and uh, he asked me questions um and and they asked me okay where are you from because I'm originally from Kenya uh so they were suspecting TB and uh they took some uh, specimen some sputum from me they sent it uh for test the preliminary results were negative they said okay fine we're gonna have to dive deep so they took some uh, specimen and they said uh, the kind of facility we have and the testing machines that we have will not be able to give us the accurate uh, uh, diagnosis so the best thing we'll do is to send all your sputum to Mayo Clinic so They did that but they still put me on isolation my room was uh, you got to have to protect yourself when you're coming in so i was wondering what was going on and uh, the doctor said it's approaching uh, a new year and it's an holiday the results might take time So you're still waiting for the 
the test the, the, the results yes. to know whether you that what because now they were trying to figure out is it an infection mm-hmm. they didn't want to put their head into uh, cancer so uh, he came back again and he said um, as we wait for that sputum result we got to have to test you for an HIV and uh, I said yeah why not so they took some blood work they they went in and took um, uh, did all the tests that they could do those ones all came negative so they were only hoping that uh, probably <laughs> the TB thing will come back mm-hmm. so they could put a finger to yes something and the uh, funny thing that he asked me that uh, made us all laugh in, in the midst of all this uh, trouble with my wife was like uh, you know Uh, you know Kenya has a lot of malaria so probably you have it <laughs> and I, I said ah, I've been here for the last five years <laughs> and he said no it, you can it can still come even after five years I'm like okay fine <laughs> so uh, on the f- first actually I don't know what a miracle it was so this is uh, 2019 2019 on the first yes all right Uh, the results from Mayo Clinic came and there was no TB. So it took them a lot of time and then um, they came the following day on the second. So they brought a lot of doctors actually now. There are probably five of them. We're going to pause there and take a break <laughs> so we can come back. Yes. This yes. is now 2019 January. Yes. How your year begins. Yes. And you haven't gotten your results. Results yet. yet. Yes. Whether you find out whether it's cancer or, or not. not. Okay, so we will we'll pause there. Okay. And we'll just take a short break. And when we come back, we'll we'll, we'll tell you we'll now go now you've gotten the the diagnosis and now we want to see now your support system and everything else. But before that We want to tell you what's ahead on the Amazing Truth podcast. We have we're beginning with a with a tough topic and this month we're going to focus on the hard questions of life. Pastor Ezra, would you tell us what's that what that's all about? You know, the Bible says in the book of Job that the thing that you feared most, Job says the thing that you feared most has finally come. Every single human being they have something they're afraid of whether they know it or not for some you're afraid that one day you wake up and your parents are no more mm-hmm. for parents you wake up one day and you're afraid that your children are no more what is it that you're afraid of what are those tough questions in life that we don't want to face this month of october we want to dive deep into that yes. today we are privileged to have our friend george gaddafi with us sharing that thing for him I think if you've listened carefully he's talked about when the daughter asked him mm-hmm. a question. I think that's a tough question to be asked. And what is that? How does that change and shape your view of life? So, you don't want to miss our podcast this month because we're going to be keeping it real. We're going to be talking about the, the the stories of people and the struggles and the challenges and the fears that we have, but also not just remain there, but also figure out how do we journey through this journey of fear in the tough times of our lives so yeah if so i was you if i'm a listener you don't want to miss you don't want to miss this mm-hmm. month's podcast and the most interesting part too we'll be talking about real experiences like we've started today yeah. we'll bring in guests that will share real experiences we'll bring in guests that have have gone through it or are going through it so stay tuned and be and blessed if, yeah. and, and if there's anyone who's listening any listeners listening to us you have a story to tell we would like to have you here so that you can share with us we want to hear those stories because your test is your testimony and we have to hear it to encourage someone else somewhere so and yep and to do that you can write us an email at amazingtruthpodcast@gmail.com you can also reach uh, reach uh, us through instagram uh, amazingtruth and we hope to hear from you
welcome back. Welcome back. We are seated here with uh, George Gaddafi and we were going through uh, his uh, initial experience with this uh, terrible uh, disease that has affected a lot of people. In, in Kenya, it is, it is killing a lot of people now, mm-hmm. even uh, more than the, you know, the other disease that we've, we've historically known to kill people. And personally, I've had people who have experience that I've you know mm-hmm. I have a very close person in my family who was actually misdiagnosed in Kenya mm-hmm. and was undergoing chemo that wasn't for nothing so it's it's tough and people have lost a lot of people through cancer yeah. various types and various forms of cancer and I think and I think Kenan one thing that interests me as we have in this conversation is the fact that you know, it renders you helpless. Mm-hmm. Up to this point of this story is, I can imagine what our friend is going through with his wife and his children, not knowing, you know, what what you're fighting. Uh, and the, the other thing that stands out to me the most is that we could be here well mm-hmm. and thinking that we're well, mm-hmm. but then our bodies are not 100% okay. Right. So this is why this conversation is important. Not simply because you wake up, you assume that everything is is going to be the same tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, I think thank you, George, for being willing again to be here with us and share with us your story. Uh, sure. So far, you've walked us through the first part of the phase, and now we're in January second. You still don't know what's the diagnosis. So tell us, take us to the diagnosis when they break yeah. it down to you, mm-hmm. and and uh, and what that moment feels like for you, your family, your children. What what, what really plays and goes into your mind through that moment? Yeah, so uh, those days were too long, very painful, and uh, I needed to be a man. I was weak, but I could see my wife because now she was a support system for me and my children. She will uh, be in the room and pretend to smile and give me smile talk sweet to me but uh, when she gets out of the room she'll be crying this is somebody I've lived with for so many years and when she comes in I will see her eyes and I know okay fine you she, would know. She, she will be she was crying mm-hmm. could see her eyes are little red but uh, she was like no I think probably I did not sleep well or what I was trying to calm the children because I was still in isolation and uh, I said uh, it's taking forever for me to get results and uh, she told me one thing that whatever it is we'll be able to go together we'll be able to face it together Uh, you're a strong man and uh, you believe in God, we believe in God. And you'll face it and you'll win it. When she was done talking, I think in the next five minutes, all the doctors came in. As I said, there are almost five of them. And uh, one of them came and tried to look at uh, me and I, uh, he touched my head, my neck, my armpits, my groins, and uh, he said, uh, George, I think uh, you, you might have cancer. And uh, we have to act very fast. My wife was there. Remember, one of my friends is called Etienne was there. And uh, as she says, because we always talk about this, she told me the only thing I had used, she had me just breathing deep like. <sighs> but I realized that, okay, fine. You're gonna have to be a man here quick. And um, the doctor said, we gotta have to get an oncologist here quick. So they made calls there immediately. 
they told the oncologist to get there and my wife was like uh, you know what uh, his personal doctor was saying that he had uh, uh, low vitamin D probably that's what's going on and this doctor said no 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 uh, leave alone that vitamin D issue um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, he has cancer and uh, uh, with all these uh, symptoms that he has I'm very sure about 80% to 90% that it's a lymphoma cancer wow so your wife is in denial yes she doesn't want to hear that no and you're there wanting to be a man yeah wanting to be wanting a man. to be a man you are weak physically weak yeah and she and, forgot yeah. that uh, five minutes before she told me we'll face it together mm-hmm. so now she was and this is where you know marriage when you say for better or for worse <laughs> right, you know right, for help you know this is yeah. this is where you're actually facing it right yeah. um keep going judge so uh This, uh, uh, what's going on in your mind at this point mm-hmm. as your wife is going um, back and forth I, I, I asked them what do we do and they said ah, the oncologist will be here to talk to you more about it we, uh, we don't have uh, experience in that direction uh, the oncologist we are getting uh, on board uh, is an oncologist that deals with lymphoma cancer that, uh, we suspect that that's what you have and uh I said okay fine uh, let's get it done let's uh, get uh, the doctor and I'm assuming at this time you're trying to be strong for your family yes I was prepared for anything remember as I told you that day when I woke up in the morning and uh, I could not even eat I told my wife that I was gonna die by 3 p.m. so I had already made up my mind so when uh, They came and told me this it was something that uh, so hard to comprehend with because I didn't know whether the oncologist was going to come and tell me that this is not treatable we did not know what stage it was I didn't know whether she will come and tell me okay fine you have four days or two days or one month or three months to be able to live and uh, it was so tough so the doctors left so we are left there with um, my friend my wife the only thing he did was to pray for us and i i told him i need to sleep and uh, my wife left for home because uh, she wanted to go and check on the kids too but she didn't go home she called my sister-in-law who went and picked the kids but she was staying outside so in this process before the oncologist came i started thinking aloud i was like uh, god just give me even some few months so that i don't leave my family in trouble spots there mm. this month we're talking about hard questions yeah those of you who are listening us from home or wherever you are what if this was you how would you react put yourself in the shoes of our brother and the family because the reality of the matter is that as long as we are alive we'll be faced with those questions many times we run away from those realities but the truth of the matter is that they are going to come one way or another and so the concept here we're talking this month is about how do we face these hard questions in our lives and here you are Gaddafi you're telling us that you're pleading with God now to give you more time to put your house in order to do what you have to do for your wife for your children Kenan what comes to mind Oh, a lot of things. Like for me if I was in his shoes I would ask myself. That's the question I was going to ask. Are you are you there? What if it was you? I don't know. I think I would be ready to go because the the prospect of of 
not being able to put my family in order mm-hmm. before something happens that would be that would be the hardest part for me and i think i would i would be at the point where i, you know, I want to give up because the process of thinking about the fact that my house is not in order mm-hmm. then that that's it for me i mean that that would be the hardest part for me to to fathom yeah you know we'll continue a little bit before i take the next break <laughs> george so here you are you your wife she's gone home but taking her kids to a relative you're by yourself she's by herself how did they confirm following day how long, how was that night so uh let's not even go to the night uh, as i told you that i was pleading with god to give me time mm-hmm. one thing that i told god was that just give me time so that uh, i can go and sell the house and uh, probably get a town home with the money that we'll get from the house so that they will not have a mortgage mm. i mean George, you're already planning yes you're already planning that that you're planning for a life without you yes mm. wow that's why i sent them i told them i want to sleep she didn't go home she was outside so i was told them i wanted to sleep but i started thinking a lot because i didn't know as i told you mm-hmm. what stage it was We're still waiting for the oncologist and uh, i told them I, i was debating with god in my mind and like just give me time so that i can put them into somewhere because i know my wife she doesn't do the lawn care and there's a lot of work involved when you own a home mm-hmm. and stuff i was uh, I, i didn't want them to suffer when i'm gone i just wanted them to be able to to live well and probably um have that peace of mind because one thing that people don't want to talk about is life insurance mm-hmm. so i knew that was going to help the kids even with their college because they'll get something out of that mm-hmm. but this aspect of them being in a mortgage and I, i was not comfortable with it so there was financial planning that needed to happen yeah there was emotional planning that is taking place there's a conversation between you and god happening while you are playing this in your head your wife also i can imagine i wish she was here to tell us a version of so she's also playing you know uh, these realities Uh, going on in life all in less than 20 minutes of this message being broken mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. yes so it was hard and uh, she came back into the room and I asked honey I thought you went home and she told me I thought you were sleeping I said uh, I don't know and she told me I can't go home I can't leave you my husband yeah you need me now i need to be here and i asked uh, how about the kids and she told me i've called uh, yanya who's my sister in law and uh, the kids are being taken care of and um we sat there looking at each other and she told me don't worry you'll be okay and then uh, the oncologist came in and uh, she said uh, she came in and she she asked about me all my health and she started asking me okay fine where do i come from my background health issues and uh, i told her because i'd faced some health issues with my back i think i've had like two surgeries uh, on my spine uh, so all those came in and uh, she was asking uh, has anybody had cancer in your family say no and she said uh, and the way i see you i think this is lymphoma as those doctors told you i'm pretty sure very sure it's lymphoma but don't worry it's treatable it's so light so some smile on my wife's face you actually smiled right now yes <laughs> i know yeah, yeah yeah and that's the funny thing about hope 
mm-hmm. when, when when there's hope somewhere just lightens our mood yeah. so i don't know those of you are listening and this is tough this is real yeah. so if 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 i if i just ask that smile mm-hmm. was it a smile and to say i can comprehend that smile to say thank you god for giving me time yes. so i can set mm-hmm. my house in order mm-hmm. yeah. smile of relief that was a relief for me but she said hold on church we cannot get you treated right now the only way we can get you treated is to know at what stage it is that will determine which type of medication we'll be able to give you so now you're a man of faith how are you feeling towards god like this time oh uh, it was an answered prayer you know sometimes uh, we might think that uh, god only answers when you pray loud and uh, shout his name and uh, all that but god is with you every day anywhere sometimes you can open your eyes and have a conversation with god he is present because in in a span of all those minutes that were passing by as i was planning to <laughs> dispose of the house and try and move the children uh, to somewhere else god was planning his plan for me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so did this doctor now did they did they give you the stage uh, what stage it was no at this point you've not been tested no yeah, okay yeah so she said okay fine i got to have to put in orders here to be able to take you to the the OR so that uh, they'll go in and do a bone bio, bone marrow biopsy mm-hmm. and uh, they're going to have to put in a, an implant on me to be able to help with the uh, infusion processes so i went in and uh, we did the bone marrow biopsy and uh, that is on the second and uh they say that uh, with the bone marrow biopsy the results take probably 3 to 4 days mm. to get results i'm like okay fine i know i have cancer as they say uh, the room i am in is uh is not good because it was an isolated room the the, the hair whatever so i told them i got to have to move here out of here because i was bleeding from my nose because mm-hmm. it, it's it's controlled mm-hmm. uh, so they told me no we'll just keep you here but turn off uh, everything so that uh, the room is kind of normal and uh, she said uh, we'll see i'll come back uh, tomorrow on the third and uh, she came in uh, the following day i slept well actually my wife went back home we were all relieved because we know this is going to be treated mm-hmm. and uh, she explained to me she told me okay fine tomorrow we'll dive deep T- today has been a long day for you tomorrow we'll dive deep into the treatment process so uh, story fast forward uh, the following day she came in and uh, she told me uh, the bone marrow biopsy that was taken uh, we haven't seen the results um, uh, as i told you it takes time but uh, uh, she walked me through the stages and told me okay fine uh, stage one and stage two three and four these are the kind of treatments and um, lymphoma there are two types of lymphoma non-hodgkin's and hodgkin's lymphoma So from those tests and the biopsy will tell us which type it is and what stage it was it it will be probably and uh, she told me okay just be prepared you're a young man we'll do some echograms on all the all the um uh the organ tests as as you're waiting for all those results so she ordered all those tests they came in they put in a lot of stuff on me trying to get the heartbeat um uh, my heart if it will be able to hold withhold the treatment the lungs and the liver all my organs pro i say now i don't know god works miracles <laughs> that is on a wednesday I think it is on the third. Um, yeah. 
So that is Thursday. Yes. So uh that evening on the third she calls me and say, "Oh, George, surprisingly we have a preliminary result from your biopsy." I don't know how this was moving so fast. I think God was doing something. And uh, she said, "Unfortunately, it is cancer as you are. We were predicting and uh we will know the typing tomorrow in the morning." So the for on the fourth she came in and uh, told me okay fine uh, it's been uh, uh darkness has a uh, stage 4 cancer uh Hodgkin's lymphoma and and Hodgkin's lymphoma there are several of them mine was cellularity and uh she said okay fine how do we get it treated she said okay fine we can start you on chemotherapy on the 5th just to let you know in all this process our children did not know what was going on mm. now we'll pause there so that we can introduce the children shortly here and then uh, as we continue the program uh Kenan yes so that concludes part one of this wonderful journey and story from George when we come back for the second part we'll talk about we'll bring the kids we'll talk about the treatments mm-hmm. and the support system and what he looks forward to the most so stay tuned we'll be back don't move stay tuned as we come back thank you for listening to this episode of the amazing truth podcast we hope you were blessed as you listen don't forget to share like and subscribe god bless you and see you on the next one.